Hi, this is Craig Valentine, host of Early to Rise Radio. Have you ever wanted to become wealthier, healthier, wiser, or just have more time to appreciate the finer things in life? On this show, we reveal what high performers are doing every day to be more successful without sacrificing their personal lives. Early to Rise Radio is sponsored by The Perfect Day Formula. Get your free copy of this game-changing success guide at freeperfectdaybook.com. Now let's get started with today's show. If you want to have your best year ever, I'm going to show you how I use the same system to find the love of my life that's going to help you have your best year. All right, so let's dive into this. My name is Craig Valentine. I don't want you to have any regrets about this year. We're going to show you how to plan out things perfectly so that you are able to achieve all your big hopes and dreams. Now, what you're going to learn in this little session is how the Ballantine core values make everything easier for me in life, how you'll be able to create your own family values and what that will mean for you. Then I'm going to walk you through how I found the love of my life using a very simple 90-day planner. That's right. I plan to find the love of my life. I'm going to give you three questions for looking back on the year in review that will make the next year more amazing. And I'm going to give you a really brand new time hack. I haven't talked about this anywhere before about how to get more done. And I'm also going to show you why smart goals are stupid. There's just one thing that makes them stupid. And I'm going to show you how to plan perfectly. So let's jump into this. A lot of this came from the quarterly planning sessions that I'm doing right now with my coaching clients. Now, you're probably wondering, if you've never watched any of my videos, who the heck am I? My name is Craig Valentine. I am an entrepreneur of over 25 years, um, health and fitness, personal development, uh, productivity. People know me as the world's most disciplined man. There I am with my wife and baby and my dog, Daisy. Daisy is in the room. You might hear her barking, but uh, baby is upstairs having a nap. Michelle is out running her business. So right now, I have written three books. And the tools that I'm going to go through in this session are also available in these books that I'm going to give you for free. So go to craigballantine.com forward slash free books. There's no opt-in. You just get these books for free, the digital versions. And you're really going to want to focus on the vision chapter in Perfect Day Formula and the planning part of the the weekly planning part of the Perfect Week Formula, the 90-day planning and Unstoppable. But let us start with the Ballantine core values. Back to my little family that we have and with another one on the way, super excited. And we, Michelle and I hashed out these core values um, probably about a year and a half after uh, we met and were dating and I think before we got married. And the first one is love, to always love uh, one another and to uh, love the world and love opportunity. Uh, Two, to be honest at all times. Three, that we are doing everything for our family's freedom. So that's one of the reasons that we moved from Canada to Cancun. We want to give our family more freedom. And we were felt like we were running out of it in Canada and that there was more of it in Cancun. So that's why we moved here. And that's where Isabella was born. We also have intellectual curiosity. So our family is always learning. You know, in the last 12 months, I've taken up Spanish, I've taken up jujitsu and uh, being a father for the first time. So I'm learning as much now, maybe even more than I did back in some of my years of college. And then five, personal responsibility. So everything in life is your personal responsibility. When you take that extreme approach, well, it becomes a whole lot simpler to fixing problems in your life because you're not going to rely on anybody else. It's your fault that you got here for better or for worse. And you know what? You got to go and make the changes that will get you out of here if you don't want to be here or go out and protect this area if you want to stay in this area. 
So those core values of the Ballantine family guide me to making all the right decisions. And it's the same with this values pyramid exercise. I have a quote that your values and vision drive every decision in life. What I just ate for breakfast before I made this was a chicken and spinach burrito. Lots of chicken, high protein, because I want my muscles to recover for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Because if you look down at my health, it's feel like I'm 17 forever. And when you're doing jujitsu, you get beat up a lot. And if you're not eating properly, if you're not sleeping properly, making those decisions, you're not going to achieve your high level values. Okay. You're not going to be living in congruence. So you're every decision that you're making right now, watching this video over watching a television show, watching this video, instead of doing the work, you know, one of them is positive. One of them is, is a bit of procrastination, but that decision is going to affect whether or not you're living your values. And when you take your big values, like what you want to achieve in the next 10 years, what really matters to you in terms of values for your family, your health, your wealth, and your experiences, then it makes it easy for you to stay on the straight line of success and avoid the detours uh, that people chase shiny objects and go and do stupid things that get them into trouble. And when you know your values, when you know what really matters to you, all the decisions are easier. So when I know my core values, this is how I operate. I know what really matters to me for my family. It's having a wife and two or more amazing children, not a, not two wives, but a, a wife and two or more amazing children. <clears throat> Sometimes if you read that really fast, if you're watching this on YouTube, it looks like it says, I want to have two wives. I don't, um, God bless those people that do, but I don't. And health, I want to feel like I'm 17 forever which means I want to be able to move, jump, run. I can still do, uh, I'm still very mobile, uh, good flexibility. I'm not as strong as I, or fast as I was, can't jump as high. So I'm not feeling like 17 every day. And I'm also beat up a little bit more, but I was beat, I did so much exercise when I was 17. Like I played two soccer games in a day. And the next day I woke up feeling like I was 47. So I guess I feel like I'm 17 uh, now, but that d- decides the fact that I'm, Moving, I'm active, doing my mobility, eating properly, sleeping, all the recovery stuff. Then in wealth, it is $5 million uh, income per year and annual donation of a million dollars to either Toys for Tots, Shriners, and Medical Missions. And then experience is writing three books that have as big of an impact as the perfect day formula. So you have read the perfect day formula probably. And that's where there is the movie script for my life. So again, go to craigballantine.com forward slash free books, download the perfect day formula, read the vision chapter. I think it's chapter 23 and you're going to see the movie script for my life. You need a movie script for your life because I found the, the wife of my dreams by writing out what did I wanted my life to look like and what I wanted our vision and values to look like years before I met her. So I wrote that in 2015. I didn't meet Michelle until 2020, but I was always looking. I always knew it kept me on the straight line to success, stopped me from going down detours. And having that movie script of your life, which is what I call the vision, the three-year, five-year vision, will help you get exactly what you want. So when I had my first business coach, Nearly 20 years ago, very first call, his name was Tom. Tom said to me, Craig, what do you want your business to look like in five years from now? And I said, I want to have a business like earlytorise.com. At the time, I was just selling my turbulence training programs. And Tom knew of earlytorise.com because it was very popular back then. And he said, great, but you got to become a better speaker, a better writer, a better coach, better networker, all of these things. 
And so I set about on that path. And then five years, three months and 17 days later, I didn't just have a business like Early to Rise. I actually bought Early to Rise because I told some people like Tom and my friend, Matt, and a few other people that this is what I wanted. And they helped me attract it into my life. Same with my wife. I will show you the exact 90 day plan I used in a bit, but it's all about knowing exactly what you want and building a path to get there. You've got to be very clear about the treasure that you want in life, and then you can build the treasure map. And then you just follow it step by step, dotted line by dotted line until you get your treasure. And whether it's Michael Phelps or, you know, uh, Leo Messi, or, you know, one of the famous Hollywood actresses who wins a Golden Globe or Oscar or whatever, they have a very clear vision of what they want to accomplish. And they go and they work hard towards it. And every daily decision is made for them by their big, big values and big goals and movie script for their life. When you operate that way, you're a proactive person. And there's two types of people in life, proactive people who succeed and reactive people who struggle. Proactive people make time for what matters. Reactive people always struggle because they're trying to find time for doing things. And you never find time, okay? So it all starts with the values. Then you go and you build your movie script for your life, which is your vision three years in the future. I, I have workshops on this. If you want, if you want me to do more videos on this, or you want more information on the workshops that we do, or you want to go and read the book, just comment down below and or send me a message on Instagram at Real Craig Valentine because I love doing this. This is if you've ever taken the strength finders test, you know, strategic and visionary, those are my top strengths. I think about the future all the time. I think futuristic is another one. Visionary might not be on there, but I always think about strategy and futuristic thinking. Like I'm, I'm, you know, we had the dog walk this morning with uh, my wife and baby and Daisy, the dog who's up and behind me now might be snoring. And, you know, I'm talking about what are we doing in April? And, you know, I'm making this in January (laughs) and she gets a little bit, my wife gets a little bit annoyed by this. Daisy doesn't get annoyed, but my wife gets a little bit annoyed by how much I live in the future, which has its pros and cons, but I'm very good at this and helping you create your future. I am the world's best at this. So if you have questions, if you want more content on this, drop a comment down below. Now, Let's take a step back and go into the past. So when we are planning out our future, it's very helpful to do a year in review. So when I do my quarterly coaching calls with clients, which is probably the best way for someone to work with me because we meet four times per year, we plan out your next quarter, I hold you accountable through it. But if you don't need somebody checking in on you every two weeks, then this quarterly planning is probably best for you. And the first thing we do is we go back and we look at the year in review. And I have this phrase, it's not my phrase, I didn't invent it, but I liked it when I heard it. And it's, you have win or learn. You don't have win or lose, you have win or learn. So everything that you do, every battle you go into, negotiation, um, you know, if you're doing a workout, if if you're playing a sports game, it's not win or lose, it's win or learn. Because if you do lose, if you come out and not successful, you gotta take lessons from that. Every time you overeat, every time you stay up late, you know what? Yeah, okay, you lost. I'm, let's be honest, there is losing. But you've got to learn more than you lose. And so that way you win more. So we go back and we take a look at, uh, I, ask, I always start my clients. I always want to start, even if my clients have had a bad year. Like I have a client who's, um, you know, he's a business in France. And I mean, it's brutal in France. The they make every employee in his company, including him, because he's listed as an employee of his company, spend an hour with a doctor at the start of every year 
just to make sure that the employees are not burnt out. So this wastes 10 hours of the company's time because France has these crazy rules on how much you can work and all this sort of stuff. And maybe some people need to be some medical attention so they don't get burnt out, but there's most people can work more. Um, I'm, I don't think people are burnt out. They just don't like what they do. But anyways, he has to go like he has that restriction and they have really high taxes. And then it's, you know, he if he has to fire somebody is very, very cumbersome for him to fire somebody, even if it's with cause. And and so he he like has a 60 day or six month window where he's like, got to make sure this person's good or I got to let him go before six months or I'm going to you know have to pay him crazy amount of money if I fire them the day after six months. It's really difficult. And so he had a difficult year last year for other reasons as well, Facebook ads, and he got hacked and a bunch of other things. Um, but I always want to start on a positive note. And I said, okay, what did we win? What were the winning lessons of the business last year or business wins? And he had a lot of them. So it was really great. And then I said, what are the biggest lessons that we learned in the business? Oh, we've got to have conversa- tough conversations faster. We need to, you know, uh, spend less time on this and more time on this. I need to find somebody to fill this position. I need to up-level the team. Okay, great. Awesome lessons. Because that helps us then go into the future. So we have our wins and lessons. I don't know what there's number four on this slide. Uh, and then the third thing that I, I always ask people is looking ahead to this year. I don't want just your goals. Like your goal, like I had a, another coaching client. His goal was to make $8 million this year, revenue, gross revenue. And I said, okay, um, and if you hit $7 million this year, would you feel like it's a failure? And he's like, no. And I go, okay, well, that's not really the specific definition of success. So let's drill down What's and let's find what the specific definition of success is. And we came to the fact that he wanted to have $1.5 million in personal income. If he didn't hit that, he would be pretty disappointed in this year because it's trending up and all this sort of stuff. So it doesn't matter if we make 6.5 million gross and he keeps 1.5 or make 8 million and he keeps 1.5. What matters is he wants to keep 1.5. And so we need to find what your specific definition of success is because you can set these goals. And a lot of times people set goals based on other people. Oh, I want to get, I want to have a million dollar income. Okay. So if you don't get a million dollar income this year, will you be disappointed if you hit 700,000? Well, no. Okay. Well, that's not really your goal. You're saying it's a goal because it sounds better on on Instagram to say that you're going to get a million dollars and $700,000, even though you only made $250,000 last year. Like, do you have a, a realistic plan to go from 250,000 to a million dollars? Let's, let's get a specific definition of success based on the wins and lessons and what we can accomplish and what we can really truly build a path to and what will really make you happy. What will be real success? Will your, you know, if, if uh, that $8 million came at the expense of his marriage, would that be a successful year? Of course not. So the specific definition of success is to um, improve the quality of his marriage. And, you know, we had like the amount of time they spent together, the vacations, the number of hours that he worked per week. Um, also some other personal goals, personal specific goals. And then we want to have $1.5 million in net income. Great. Now we have this very specific definition of success that we can then go and build a perfect plan for rather than generic goals that are often influenced by other people. And so, you know, like a good example of this is like a bodybuilding show. So when somebody's, you know, obviously the goal is to win the bodybuilding show, 
but everybody then has their own specific definition of what they need to look like. Right. So if you're in the whatever category, I don't, I don't even know the, the let's say middleweight and you know, you want to come in at exactly one pound under the middleweight cutoff. You want to be at 4.1% body fat and you want to have these specific poses in this order mastered. And that will be your specific definition of success for you to win, which is the ultimate goal. So you need to get much more clarity because I'm going to talk about why smart goals suck in a moment. And that's kind of one of the reasons. Now, the year in review with uh, my top clients, we also do a 12 month PL beatdown. And what that means is we look at where the heck did the money go? Because if my friend who made like four and a half million dollars this year, and I think he brought home about seven thousand, hundred thousand, where did, you know did we just simply overspend in some places that could have put another hundred, two hundred thousand dollars into his bank account? And the answer was, yeah, he he had some issues with Facebook pixels that cost him a lot of money, um, some bad advertisements, one or two hiring mistakes. And it's like, okay, how can we avoid those issues in the future so that we don't necessarily have to increase revenue dramatically? We just have to stop making some of these mistakes. Also, it's really valuable. Even if you don't have a business, it's really valuable for you to go through your credit card statements every month and look at recurring charges. You know, you have Netflix and you have Amazon Prime and you have Apple TV. And it's like, wait a minute, how much television do you need to watch? Can we cut down to one of those things? Maybe can you cut down all of them? Maybe keep Amazon Prime for the delivery or something. I don't even know how Amazon Prime works. I know that, uh, I don't know if you get Amazon video with it, but anyway, so you look at that and then you look at, well, I've got all these other apps on here and it's like, I've got 30 apps and they're paying $3 a month for. That's a thousand bucks in a year. What could you do with that? And then also making sure that you're using your credit cards properly so that you increase your points, right? You want to maximize points because, man, we have like 2 million points on one of our credit cards and we've worked it out that we can probably get about 40 hotel night stays this, this year with those 2 million points. And we live in Mexico. So like basically every weekend we can go to a new resort, try it out because we like to give our friends who come down to Cancun, uh, you know, nice travel experience. We like to tell them like, go to this one. Oh, you're, you're a family of three. Uh, this is your budget. And this is what you want to do. Oh, well then you want to go to Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon, by the way, is like the, one of the most expensive resorts. So you probably don't want to go there if you have a budget. Um, we're so lucky. We live right beside a guy who is who works at Nickelodeon and he got us a super deal. So we're super excited to go to Nickelodeon uh, Resort. And anyways, I'm getting off track. But just look at how you can save money by beating down your P&L or simply beating down your credit card statement. You should do this every six months if you have a high volume of transactions, if you have a bigger business every three months. Because, you know, we're, we're very tight with our money in our business. And we still found about $5,000 in annual savings with things that we were no longer using. Duplicate services, you know, a premium level of something that we didn't need. We could have been fine with the basic software, so on and so forth. Plus all the domains, which I've bought over the years that I no longer needed to keep on paying for. And so we just, you know, trashed them. The next thing we do is 12-month money estimations. So let's go through. Let's take a look at last year, January, February, March. Let's look at the gross revenue and profit for each one of those months. And you know, everything else being equal, are things going to be different this, this year? Is there a way that you know, if you have a low revenue month, what do you want to do with a low revenue month? Do you want to run a promotion to increase the revenue month? Or do you want to spend that time 
backing a little bit off on marketing efforts so that you can put more time into the foundations of the business. So it gives you an idea of how to plan your months and your quarters. For example, here's a 12 month uh, marketing calendar that you can build out. So, you know, we have our mastermind promotion in January. We have Valentine's Day sale in February, kind of open right now for March and April. We have a mastermind in Mexico in May that we're going to promote. We always do a Memorial Day sale, might do a Father's Day sale this year now that I'm a father. Um, we always do an Independence Day sale, Financial Independence Day. We're going to slack off, not slack off, but take off time in August, um, push hard in, in um, September or back to school. I should say back to school sale on there. That's probably our second best sale of the year. And then October, uh, probably just a course promotion. November, Black Friday promo did really well this year. That was that was probably not as good as September, though. Uh, Black Friday was our third best. And then Christmas promo is really a New Year's promo sort of thing. So this is our basic. We can add a lot more in there. But what I recommend that you do is go through and come up with at least three to four reasons for a promotion every month. Whether or not you use those ideas, it doesn't matter, but it's a great creative exercise. Then we also review their team. There's three questions that we do with our top clients to start the conversation around the team. The first question is, would you enthusiastically rehire that individual? And so you go through your entire team. If you have seven people, maybe a marketing director, Facebook ads, you have customer service, you have a coach, you have... Uh, a real estate agent. This is a weird business. I don't know. You got these seven people on your team and you just go through and you go, Bob, the marketing director, would I rehire Bob? Sally, the Facebook ads buyer, would I enthusiastically rehire Sally? Yes or no? Simple yes or no question. Would you enthusiastically rehire each one of your team members? Now, if you say no, then the question is, um, is it a matter of skill or commitment? Commitment is attitude and that type of stuff. So skill or commitment, like is Sally, the Facebook ads buyer, you know, not an enthusiastic rehire because she lacks the skills to perform the job. Like she was good for when you were a million dollar business, but now that you're a $10 million business, she's just not good enough. She can't keep up. Um, and then therefore, if it's a skill issue, can she be brought up? You know, can you give her resources and send her to seminars and get her courses that bring her up. If not, then you'll go to need to go and find somebody else. On the commitment side, that's the attitude. That's the uh, level of effort that they put in. And the commitment side is like, you know, maybe they just don't understand what the, the business mission and values and vision are. And so you might have Sally again, I'm picking on poor Sally. And so Sally, like, you know, she's taken... She's always kind of like cutting her hours short and not getting back to you. And, you know, she's good. She's really good, but she just, she's not committed. Why is that? Like before we let her go, because she's not committed, can we fix that commitment and understand that if you would enthusi not enthusiastically rehire somebody, it's your fault. If they lack skill, it's your fault. If your uh, team member lacks commitment, it's your fault. So skills obvious, like, oh, I haven't, I just haven't given them the education to up-level their skills. They're smart, they're intelligent, they're a good employee, they love the business, they love the team, they're great culture fit. Uh, I'm doing them a disservice by not improving their skills. On the commitment side, you're not communicating the vision of the company. You're not communicating why you do this. You're not communicating the story behind why you started. And when you do that and you get people fired up and you share all these customer success stories, 
then people are like, wow, we're really making a difference here. And they elevate their commitment. So would you enthusiastically rehire somebody? If not, is it a matter of skill or commitment? Then how will you fix that? Then finally, the third question we ask is, um, and this, this comes from my friend, Vern Harnish, who runs Scaling Up. And he says, you could, every quarter pick one seat on your team, you know, you get the right people in the right seats on the right bus is, you know, the Jim Collins saying, and pick one seat on that bus to upgrade this quarter. Now this might be an empty seat. So one of my my client who wants to build the $8 million business, he comes from a sales background. And so I looked at his, his teams and I was like, you hardly have any marketing. And I know you do a little bit of the marketing and you outsource your Facebook ads. And then you have this stacked sales team, like you have an A plus sales team. But your marketing, your social media manager is the, the seat you want to upgrade. You don't have a marketing director and you're not a marketing director. Like if you just filled the marketing director hole this quarter, then they could probably lift up the social media manager or you know, we could upgrade them both. But you need to upgrade at least one seat on your team. And that was such an obvious hole for him to fill. And he sees this and like, oh, okay, because... <clears throat> his closing rate is higher than industry average, but he's just not getting the leads coming in. You fix the lead problem, still getting, even if the lead quality drops a little bit, this business is going to have a really great year. So you on in your business need to pick one seat per quarter to upgrade. And again, this might be, okay, Sally, uh, it's a commitment issue. I communicate the vision. She's just got to you know, she's just been here. She, uh, Dan Kennedy would say, everybody goes lame. You know, she's just, she's just not the same person that she was five years ago when she started. Let's help her find another job in another company where she's going to be happier. Um, we're going to upgrade that seat. We're going to turn her loose. Uh, we're going to upgrade the seat before, you know, we're going to go out and find somebody and then we're going to turn her loose and, and, you know, we'll help her find another job or something. So that she's happy too. but that's the seat that we got to upgrade this quarter. So now you have a focus on what seat to upgrade. After we've done the year in review, now we look a year forward and we build out the perfect life vision, the blueprint for the next year. So we get very specific, you know, the date is one year from today. What are we going to be celebrating? Who are we going to be celebrating with? Where are we going to be celebrating? What are the biggest improvements that I've made personally? What are the um, ways that my health has improved? And then the three biggest work accomplishments. We got 100 people in our mastermind. We have 1,000 clients enrolled in our 12-month program. We have 500 attendees at our next Perfect Life Retreat. Man, that's going to be awesome. Second baby, awesome. Biggest connection, I'd really like to connect with Michael Hyatt. He's built a great business. And then be the best at less... Uh, sorry, what, the question here that I really love is, what was your theme for the year that allowed you to be so successful? And that's be the best at less rather than mediocre at more. Be the best at less rather than mediocre at more. So that means you focus on fewer things in the business. You hire, you automate, delegate, and eliminate. And that way your business is going to grow faster. It's the 95-5 rule that Bedros Koulian has. Dan Martell, I'm interviewing him on the podcast soon. He talks about the 95-5. And he says, you know, there's really only two or three things that you should be focusing on. Because he runs an eight-figure business in, in six hours a week, he says. Incredible. So it's going to be a great interview. Now we have the one-year plan. We know exactly what the one-year wants to look like. We can break that down into the next 90 days, the first quarter. So we start with a numbers-based outcome goal. All right, top left. Numbers-based outcome goals, like when you go to the gym and you say you want to lose 20 pounds in 90 days. Numbers-based outcome goal. Now, the reality, having been a personal trainer for a long time, I knew that 
Listen, there's so many factors in what the scale says from, you know, a woman's time of the month to what you ate last night at Applebee's with all the sodium and stuff. And so don't get hung up on that outcome goal. Instead, really focus on the process goals, the action steps underneath it that move you ahead towards it. So if I want to get 200 workshop signups, I want to create and launch a digital version. I want to fill fill, uh, 10 new workshops with me that are going to be five or six people. I have certified coaches. I want to get five or six people with them. Great. Now we get, those are the action steps we have to take that are going to, that are going to fill our outcome goal. So outcome goal is numbers-based, but it's really the action steps that drive it. The things that are within your control. Now here's where smart goals fail. And what's missing from smart goals are quick wins momentum and motivation and immediate concrete action steps. Because you know you can have specific, measurable, attainable, uh, I forget what the R is, and then time-oriented, right? Okay, so I want to uh, go and lose 20 pounds in 90 days. Great. That's specific. It's measurable. It's attainable. It's R, whatever the R is, and it's uh, time-related. Okay. Now what? I don't even know what to do first. Like a smart goal is just too generic. And so when I do our professional blueprints, look at in 24 hours, what can you do in 24 hours? And I've recently changed that to what can I do right now in the next five minutes? Then what can I do in the next 24 hours? Because these quick wins of taking one action step gives you momentum and motivation. And it's the immediate concrete action steps because that SMART goal is just so abstract. Okay, and 20 pounds in 90 days, I, I understand the concept, but again, I don't know what to do. And so you need those immediate concrete action steps, whether you're building a deck, whether you're making a cake, whether you are building a million dollar business, whether you're taking a million dollar business to 3 million or 3 million to 10, like my French client, you need immediate concrete action steps. And I'm going to prove that this can be applied to everything by showing you how I found a love of my life, Michelle, there. You want to make a great video, get lots of views, just put put somebody in the background doing something interesting, somebody cute. All right. And then so finding love. I did this in 2019 at my perfect life retreat. 300 people in the audience. And I uh, actually it was it was a day after at a workshop and I shared this. There was only six people in the audience at this. Um, but I sh- I was taking I take all my clients at these workshops through building out a 90-day blueprint for their personal in addition to professional. Now I was sick and tired of not achieving my vision in that perfect day formula of finding my wife. And so in the next 90 days, I'm gonna have 12 dates. That's the number space outcome goal when you're finding love. It's not finding love. That's not a number space goal. It's the dating part, right? You have to date, you have to meet people. It could be meeting 50 people, or it could be, you know, having 24 speed dates or whatever it is, right? So 12 dates, 12 dates with one girl, one date with 12 girls, didn't matter, had that up to 12 dates. Process goals. Now I don't control those dates. But the things that I can do to get more dates are to ask three of my girlfriends for intros. I know three girls who know a lot of women, a lot of smart, beautiful women. Process goal number two is to attend one social event per week. I'd rather stay home, but you got to go and do it. Process goal number three, work on myself to become a better version of myself that attracts uh, the person I want to meet. So in 24 hours to do, I could easily email my friends, Vanessa, Allison, and Rianne for intros. They know a lot of women. Hey, this is what I'm looking for. Um, You know me. Can you introduce me to somebody? Then you plan the social events. I asked my friend, Dr. Shane, for therapist referrals, connect with all intros, ask girls coffee, two dates, one therapist visit, meet up with Vanessa, my closest friend for review, et cetera. And it's like, you've got this plan. And so what happened was after I shared this, a week went by and I didn't do anything. 
embarrassing. Fortunately, I, I had a friend who was at that event reached out and said, Hey, how's it going? Because he was one of my clients. And I said, Hey, how's it going with your goals? And he said, Great. How's it going with finding your girl? I was like, Oh man, he just called me out. That's power of accountability. Um, you know, I'm and so I finally sent the email to Vanessa. So it's embarrassing. I didn't even follow my own advice uh on this one because I was scared. And you know, that's great. You got to set these scary goals. So I emailed Vanessa. And then she sent me like a bunch of profiles and I went, nope, nope. On Instagram, I went, nope, 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 nope. And I was like, huh, what should I do now? Oh, I know. I'll go through all the women that Vanessa um, follows on Instagram. And I scrolled down like 30 and I was like, this girl's cute. And asked for an intro. And she said, oh, this uh, Michelle, she lives in Vancouver, not Toronto. And I'm like, I don't care. And um, then she made the intro and we hit it off. And that was... Uh, we were introduced the day of my second hair transplant, I believe, in 2019, which was like November 24th, um, no, 22nd. And then we were introduced on the 24th and we just hit it off really well. And two weeks later, I flew out to Vancouver for a visit, uh, flew back out another two weeks later. And she then Michelle came to my mastermind in Miami in January of 2020. Actually, we went to uh, Newport Beach. Um, to the Ritz-Carlton, a place that will always be very special in our hearts in uh, Laguna Beach. And we spent New Year's there and went to Disneyland. And this is this was a Disneyland test. So if, you ever, if you're in a new relationship, go to a place like Disneyland where you have to wait in line for 45 minutes multiple times a day and see if you guys are still friends at the end of the day. So we stood in line for 45 minutes, six times, I think, and just had a great time. So that was awesome. Um, and then... Michelle came to my Miami mastermind meeting, our last pre-COVID in-person mastermind meeting. And then we had planned that I was going to move to Vancouver on March 1st. That's pretty quick, right? But success loves speed and delay kills dreams, as I always say. And then, you know, that was right when COVID was coming. And my friend, Matt Smith, had told me about COVID in January. So I knew it and I was warning my clients and, you know, it's going to get bad. And I was like flying to Vancouver. I was like, man, am I making a bad decision flying closer to China? Um, to a city that's you know very high Asian population, much higher than Toronto. Am I making the right decision? You know, and uh, Vancouver turned out to be an amazing place to be for 2020. So we lived there. Then we moved to Florida for a bit, and then we moved back to Vancouver. Got married in 2021, and then uh, moved to Mexico at the end of 2021, and had our baby here in 2022. And we're gonna have a second baby in 2023. So all of this because I filled this blueprint out, got accountability took action on it. And I achieved my goal in like 35 days. So it was a 90 day outcome goal that was achieved in 35 days. Sometimes that'll happen. Sometimes it'll take 90 days, but most of my clients hit their 90 days in 60 days. That's how powerful that is. Now, the last thing that you have to do in order to make this a great year is make time for what matters. So if you think about your, you know, I'm, I'm really working on the perfect month formula now. So if you think about how many hours you work in a month? Let's say you work 40 hours a week. So it's 160 hours that you work in a month. And you're trying to find time for a side hustle or for writing copy on a new product or launching a product or creating a product or creating a coaching program or um, getting your real estate license or whatever. If you look at it on a day-by-day basis, you'd be like, yeah, I'll try and get like 20 minutes tonight when I get home. That's a horrible way of doing things. Reactively trying to find time is a horrible way to go at life. You're going to be struggling all the time and angry and frustrated. You need to proactively plan the time. So you look at the month, 160 hours. That's a lot of hours. 
how much, how many of those hours can I take for my side hustle or my real estate license or whatever? I'm going to take 20 hours. Great. Okay. So 20 hours over four weeks is basically, you're going to have either once per week, you're going to have a five hour slot or twice per week, you're going to have a two and a half hour slot. And you're going to put that on the calendar first for the thing that you've been always been trying to find time to do. No, you're going to make time for it. And then it forces you to do 160 hours worth of other activity in 140 hours. And you become much more efficient, which was really the premise of the perfect week formula, but I've expanded it to the perfect month formula because we're building our business around our life and not our life around our business. And we're making time for what matters. So when you do that for those big projects, so back to my French client, we were breaking it down. We were like, okay, you work 180 hours a month. He works 45 hours a week. And we broke it down, like how many hours in meetings, how many hours in admin, how many hours in product development, how many, because he's a supplement company. And we're like, okay, now we looked at how much time you spent writing copy, which was, and, and working on funnels. And it was 20 hours a week. And I said, your goal is to get that up to 30 hours per week, because that's the biggest needle mover in your business, which means you got to automate, delegate, and eliminate some of the product development and other stuff. Get that off your plate so that if you go from, imagine what it will do for your business that's doing 10 million now, if you went from 20 hours a week on funnels to 30, because he is world-class in funnels and he needs to be focusing on that. So there's a couple of ways that we looked at this breaking down the 160 hours per month. If you want to find time, like if you're starting something new, you want to start a new project or write sales copy on something new, and you can't find time for it right now, you need to proactively plan for it and put blocks of time on your calendar first and then work around it. The other thing is if you're already running a successful business right now, you need to think about what's the highest value of your time. And then see how you can rearrange your monthly schedule so that you take, you know, if you're spending 60 hours a month on this high value activity, how can you get it to 80 hours per month without working more total hours per month? Because if you can do that, you can increase your income by 25 to 33%. That's what you need to do. And that's how you need to be thinking about that so that your year becomes exponentially better. So without doing an actual quarterly planning session with me, which I'd love to do with you, uh, if you have any questions about it, just drop me a comment or hit me up on Instagram at realcraigvalentine or email at craig at craigvalentine.com. But what you learned today to crush this year is that your values and vision drive every decision. I showed you how to find love and success with the 90-day plan. We gave you the ultimate year in review method and the hacks, the, the time hacks to have your best year ever. This is going to be a game changer for you. And the podcast this year is going to be dedicated to helping you stick to this method. It's going to be absolutely awesome. You are going to have your best year ever, no matter what's going on in the world, because you are a proactive person and proactive people succeed in life. All right. Go to those books at craigvalentine.com forward slash free books, read the vision, read the perfect week and build your 90 day plan with unstoppable. And you will be unstoppable. I'm Craig Valentine from Early to Rise Radio. I'd love for you to share this podcast. I'd love for you to share the books and I'd love for you to drop a comment down below and subscribe to this channel. We'll talk to you soon, my friend.